Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this season by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am Jordan Eggleston on Twitter, at JWEggleston7. And I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, My clock says... 11.30 a.m. Doesn't feel like it because of the fallback. Uh, I woke up early because my body figured it was time to wake up. You know, happy with myself. I was actually able to fall back asleep for like another hour, hour and a half. So that, that was key. That That's actually going to help. Me oh, no. See, I, see I, have a, I have a seven month old. Oof. And his body said it's time to get up. So guess what? We it's were up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My, my kids were up as well, but they're older and they can kind of entertain themselves a little bit. So I understand how that goes. Um, speaking of uh, entertaining, we had a entertaining weekend of football. So we got some fun games to break uh, down. Um, the last game we will break down will have a completely opposite feel of the first game we will talk about. Not so much of a breakdown. Uh, <laughs> well, and... I mean, it's the same feel. It's just a different side of the feel. Okay. And what we're getting at is obviously we'll, we'll, the Iowa Northwestern game is at the end. The game that we're going to quickly talk about a little bit here is the USC-Washington game. Worth bringing up because these are Big Ten hey, teams. it's a fu- future a- Big Ten opponent, right? Yep, and like I saw a tweet. Now that's a Big Ten football game, you know, with the final score. Lots of good jokes going out. 52-42. Um, to 42, The uh, line opened up at 77.5, went down a little. This game went way over that with 94 total points. I had a rooting interest in this game, if you know what I mean. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I switched it off, Jordan, because it it was it was comically bad defense to go along with great offenses. Don't get me wrong; like two things can be true at once. But the effort and, and schemes on the defenses are oh man, like it. it I think it, we could say lack of effort and lack of schemes. On the yes. defense. I mean, there were times where you would see a defender, I'm not joking, like turned around and just kind of walking or jogging in the middle of the play. And at that point, you're like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous because this game will get praised through the national talking heads. Wow, it's such a great game. And look at look at these high-flying offenses, but nobody will even mention how awful and putrid these defenses are. But then you look at what we're going to talk about later with Iowa Northwestern, and it'll just get ridiculed Ridicule. to end because the offenses are bad, but no no comment on how the defenses are good. And I want to be clear. If if you did a round robin of these four teams, I think Washington and USC is going to come out on top, okay? but Sure, that's... Okay, Iowa and Northwestern's offense will look better than they did against each other. And and USC and Washington's offenses wouldn't look as good if they were going against a, a, a proper defense, especially Iowa's. I will die on that hill. I don't care. Um, and, and, like, you you get the nod as Washington and USC because the best players for both teams are playing quarterback, you know, with Caleb Williams and, and Penix. So, like, that's why they get the nod. What I'm saying is, like, can we at least talk about the fact that there's some disgusting stuff happening in these games as well? Um, I, I compared it to, like, sixth graders playing a video game where they've got, the <laughs> right, the lowest settings possible. Like, how much points can we get 
on the board, but I'm going to give a shout out to my guy, Jim at Jim EBS 20. LOL. I told my son, it was almost like an all-star game, plenty of talent, no defense played. That is a perfect comparison. That was like in the NFL pro bowl. That's what it looked like as far as just effort on defense, whatnot. It it, it was pretty bad. I mean, it it comes to a certain point where you have to, you have to agree that, yeah, schemes and athletes and talent happens, but there's also just a lack of effort. There is. And that has to be admitted. It has to be point. a part of it. Because you can't tell me that these two teams that at one point were college football playoff front well, runners. Washington, Washington still is. Yeah, yeah. Still is, but the, their defenses are this inept and nobody's talking about it. Like, it's just, it's it's crazy in my it mind. It is crazy. It's going to get, you know, and it's if Washington gets in, that's, I would assume that's going to be their downfall is that their defense can't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Um, and the last thing I would say is, Okay, if you definitely don't like the Iowa Northwestern game, I I, I understand that. It, but like there's comparative stuff where it's a third and two in the Iowa Northwestern game, and one of the teams getting the first down is a it's a monumental play in the game. Like, oh my gosh, we're gonna be getting into field goal range because points are at a premium. You could have a third and 17 in the other game, and you never even Break you a don't sweat. Even bat an eye. Don't even bat an eye at it. You just assume they're going to pick it up, and they do. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like the plays are more meaningful in an Iowa Northwestern game, where borderline every play is meaning less in the Washington USC game. Does that make me crazy, or do we just have old souls with us? No. Well, I mean, people are going to say that we're crazy, but that's yeah. fine. But it's 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 true. When points are at a premium, every play matters more. That's all I'm saying. And of course, I, I know I've got an agreeable audience with old man Jordan, even though he's younger than me. So <laughs> that's why I bring it up. Get off our lawn. Get, get off, off our, our lawn. Get off our lawns. All right, let's move into the actual Big Ten games right now. We had seven games this weekend. Three in the three early, three in the afternoon. One was in the evening. All games were yesterday on Saturday, November 4th. First game up, Ohio State. 35, Rutgers 16, the Buckeyes with 328 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 361. This was a 9-7 to game at halftime, Rutgers leading. A tweet that I put out was, two things can be true at once. Rutgers is much better than people around the country realize. However, your Ohio State, you should not be behind at halftime two of those two things can be true at once with that being said the the Buckeyes won the second half 28 to 7 to you know cover by a half a point if you got this at 18 and a half which is incredible so Ohio State did what they needed to do to win good teams win great teams cover they did that however there's some things to point out in this football contest for sure yeah the the biggest thing to me was you know we talked about this before and we said well this Ohio State defense is so good we don't know that Rutgers is going to be able to do a whole lot against them offensively and first half that was not the case at all this could have been a lot worse that defense bowed up in the red zone and got stops but Rutgers was in the red zone three times early in that game had to settle for field goals so that's a credit to the Ohio State defense for making those stops but man early on in that game it was like okay Rutgers is running the ball with pretty ease like 
it was it was scary. Now made the adjustments. Jim Knowles made some adjustments. Ryan Day they made the adjustments in the second half, and that's that's why you played two halves of football, obviously. Yep. yep. But as a Buckeye fan, that would have to give you a little bit of pause. Like, okay, wait a minute here. This defense is supposed to be elite, and we got pushed around pretty good for half of this football game. That was as far as a shocking stat, a, a shocking rushing stat for the weekend. The Scarlet Knights, 29 carries, 232 yards. That's a 5.4-yard average. However, not the most shocking rushing stat of the weekend. We'll get to that one a little bit later in the yeah, podcast. There's, there's definitely one that's worse out yes, there. Yes, yes. The fun guy, Kyle Manung guy, does it again. 24 carries, 159 yards. So, like, shout-out to Rutgers, man. They they came to play at home the shy could still have a little bit better crowd, I think. Okay, Rutgers fans get out and support. And wasn't bad, but you yeah, know, it was the up. start of the game. I was surprised. Like, mm-hmm. hey, there's not a whole lot of empty seats here, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but in the end, you know, Ohio State does enough to to win the game. Obviously, I mean, they covered an 18 and a half point spread. The team rushing for Ohio State, 29 of 139, so 148 yards. It's obvious. I mean. Marvin Harrison is as big to the passing game as Travion Henderson is to the rushing attack. 22 carries, 128 yards and a touchdown. Also five catches for 80 yards. That's 208 yards of total offense. Jordan, what I keep thinking about is is a Joe Paterno quote that's probably 25, 30 years old, where essentially he said, and I can't put a finger on it, I can't find it for you, but essentially he said, give me, you know, 20 guys that are good football players and one difference maker on each side of the ball. You know, now Ohio state has a couple more than, you know, they, they got two just just on the offense. My point I'm trying to make is even the Ohio states and Michigan's and Penn states and USC's and Alabama's of the world. When you lose your stud, it affects your football team. Having Travion Henderson out affect the rushing attack, having back affects it in a good way. This dude is special. Yeah, and I would I would argue the five catches for 80 yards was bigger than any single rush that he had Agreed. because Rutgers had a hell of a game plan they came out with in the secondary. They they said Marvin Harrison's not going to go off. They bracketed him the whole game. Then, like, we want Double E and Carnell Tate and those guys to beat us, and they, they weren't able to. They had Correct. some plays, nothing Correct. great. Al McCord wasn't. Great, but no. if Henderson wasn't there for those checkdowns and making plays after he caught the ball, again, this looks different. So I think the five catches and eighty yards on that end of it is huge. Uh, but and shout out, shout out to Ryan Day and the staff for scheming those plays. Oh, no, sure, yeah. that means they adjusted at some point. Kyle McCord, he did not look good. It, it, you know, and I'm starting to wonder. He was he was Honda McCord yesterday. <laughs> he was definitely the Honda McCord yesterday. You've been waiting on that one. That's pretty good. Um, uh, and, and I and I don't know if it's an injury thing. Step up in competition. It could be both, right? Because- he's definitely gimpy. I mean, you see him every okay. time he gets hit. He's gimpy coming up because he got hit one time early, and it was a it was a noticeable limp coming off the field. And I, I even said at that point, I'm like, man, he ain't a hundred percent right right now. Nope. And that's definitely playing into this. Um, yeah. Buckeye Anybody fans, that I, played quarterback knows if you can't step into a throw, if you don't have your legs, like you're not going to yep. be as, effic- as effective. So, And then another story there is even with him being gimpy, he's still the best option. This is the Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like that's 
surprising. I don't think that would be the case most years. Usually you'd have another guy or two. Well, I think Devin Brown's still out too. Right. Devin Brown's out injured. So that's worth mentioning, but it, it it's definitely the story of this game. Um, another story of this game or of the season for the Scarlet Knights. Uh, this is per Dave Resnan. The Scarlet Knights are six and zero when Gavin Wimsett doesn't throw doesn't throw a pick, a pick six. six. Yep, I saw Full that too. That is when he insane. Does. He has thrown. But what a pick have we six. been harping on? Like, yes. don't if you want to pull these upsets, you can't make the back breaking turnover. And that pick six wasn't just a pick six; it was a red zone pick six where they were going in, and they would have it would have been massive to get right. even just points there. And the, the pick play six, was there. The, the three pick sixes, if people don't know, are Michigan. That was middle of the field. Wisconsin down at the goal line. I believe it was a 99-yard uh, interception yep. return. This one almost as bad as the Wisconsin one with Josh Proctor making a huge play. Like, probably will be big de- defensive player of the week be- because of that play. I mean, he had a good game besides that as well. So it's just an incredible stat, like, We've always kind of said Gavin Wimsett is a bit of feast or famine. Another example in this game here, and, and yep. it and it got Rutgers because they were still in the game at that yeah. point. They were you would I would argue they were in control of the game at that point. I don't, I, I don't know if I go so I far think, as to say in control, but man, like they were I, moving the ball. They were moving so the ball. well. They were moving the ball, but Travion yeah, was just getting just see it. That was backbreaking when that happened. They their spirits were broke, and then Ohio State hit a couple big plays. After this, it's like okay, here comes yep, the talent. Here comes Ohio State being Correct. better, and that just was the, that was it. Which is always there. Which is why I would struggle always. to say that Rutgers was quote unquote in control. But long story short, Ohio State's a very very good team with a couple flaws. Rutgers is a very good team too. If the, if they had a different name on their jersey or or the same name on their jersey but in a different conference, they probably would be ranked. They they deserve to be up there. This this is a good team. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. With the win, Ohio State moves to 9-0, 6-0 in the Big Ten. With the loss, Rutgers drops to a still bowl eligible 6-3 and and 3-3 and in the Big Ten. Staying in the morning window, or early window, I should say, our first shocker of the day, Indiana 20, Wisconsin 14. The Hoosiers with 261 yards of total offense to the Badgers, 344 this is the first win over the Badgers in Bloomington since 2002. Indiana, really? I mean, they had the lead in this game the whole game. There was never a point where this was, okay, Wisconsin's out to a bad start, but then they take it back over. That wasn't the feel. The feel was Indiana came with a fight, and because of that, they outlasted the Badgers and won. Uh, and the fight that Indiana came with started with Aaron Casey on defense. Yes. Oh my this God. dude was freaking everywhere, wreaking havoc. Nine tackles, uh, two sacks, four TFLs, a forced fumble. Dude was everywhere for that Indiana defense. Incredible. And he he was the catalyst to it, but the rest of this defense played extremely well too. Braden Locke didn't have a whole lot of time to do anything because he had to. Because as we were talking about in the preview, no Braylon Allen. Obviously, Chase yep. Louise out. So, what's the running game going to look like? Well, it turns out it doesn't look that great when you lose all those horses. To start with the Badgers, truth be told, when Kurt and Dustin Shooty and I put out our coaches' rankings in the spring, we got laced by the Badger Bros. Side note: most Wisconsin fans are cool. I'm talking about the Badger Bros, the the younger generation of Wisconsin fans. It's early enough to say that 
told you so. Like it takes time for a brand new system with a coach that has not been focused on the Big Ten. It's a, it's a jump from the AAC to the Big Ten. It's a jump running that offense from the ACC with Phil Longo to the Big Ten. This and probably the biggest factor is just the change in personnel that aren't aren't used to running this stuff. Like these are all of the things we took into consideration. We're seeing them, right? We we are seeing it have issues along with the injuries. Okay. You lost your quarterback and top two running backs, right? It makes a difference. But the other thing I would say to Wisconsin fans, it's still early. Okay. Chill out. You have got to give this coaching staff the rest of the year, another off season going into next year before you throw the systems out. Okay. So I'm saying two things at once. Yes, it doesn't look good, but also give it some time. It's what we saw, right? It's, we've seen it parts of the year. We saw it again in, in this game. It's just, it's a disjointed Wisconsin offense. Yeah, disjointed is the right word. It really is. Um, you talked about we needed some weapons to step up for Wisconsin, and you called out Bryson Green, four catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. So good to see. Yep. Good to see there. But, yeah, they're just they're just not a whole lot of consistency in this offense right now. And But it's like you said, you're you're dealing with personnel that just don't, understand and aren't built into this system yet it's hard to do especially when you've been kind of flip-flopping back and forth all year because we started out chucking it around thought okay well maybe we're better running the ball so we ran the ball had a little success and the injuries now you're trying to do it so you're jerking them all back and forth it's hard to get that consistency but again you know you indiana controlled this game from the jump Yep. Offensively, they weren't dynamic. They weren't electric, but Brendan Thorsby kept them on schedule, didn't make the huge mistake, got the ball to the playmakers. Donovan McCulley, Jalen Lucas didn't do anything huge, but he was a threat a lot of the game. You got to give credit to Tommy Hay and the Hoosiers. Yes. They're, just, they're just fighting. They're nasty, and they're finding a way right now. Two sacks, seven tackles for loss, zero turnovers by the offense that's how you want that's how they won the game don't turn the ball I over and play good defense yep right? I, absolutely and, and, and when you do it it works um the team rushing that good for indiana by, by the way the catch by donovan mccauley turning around one-handed kind of flicked it to himself in the back of the end zone will go down as one of the best catches in the big 10 this year if you if you have if you are a big 10 fan but haven't seen it look it up it was pretty impressive and Man, I mean, I, I'm even hearing from some Indiana fans and DMs. Good to see. You know, they've, they've come back alive with the win. Indiana moves to three and six, one and five in the Big Ten with the loss. Wisconsin drops to five and four and three and three. I'm going to go ahead and call it. I think Tommy A survives. I, I think this, I, I you, they could still get another win. I don't think they're going to get to bowl eligibility, but you, you've got, to give them some credit for for fighting. If it, it, I'll say this, if they win one more game, he for sure is coming back. But even if they finish three and nine, but but like a but a four and eight finish with that win coming at the end of the year over Purdue, <laughs> I, I think he's fine. Buy well, out all the stuff. The three, the three games they have left, they're not absolutely unwinnable. They're not games. They're they're, not. they're they're a game where if they play a similar style to what we just saw yesterday, there's a chance and a path. For them to win the game. Will they yep. be favored in any of them? Probably not. Maybe Purdue. Yep. Maybe. Yep. And at Purdue probably leans it the other way. But there's a path. There is. Maybe three wins. Not likely. But hey, like you said, steal one or two more. 100% Tommy A has to come back. And Absolutely. I'll be wrong on my one of my predictions yet again.
Yep. Uh, but shout out mostly, I, I think we're trying to say to Tommy Allen, like they are fighting and scrapping. And no I no quit factor here. There's absolutely. No Got to be proud of the playing for him. Next game up, Michigan State 20, Nebraska 17, stinky cheese line. Stinky cheese line, and we ate that stinky cheese, me and you both. The Spartans with 295 yards of total offense to the Huskers, 277. Just going to throw it out. I think this was a good uniform game. I like the red and green contrast. (laughs) Jordan is giving me a a stinky face now. Um, But here's the deal. Here here what it was. My theme of this game was the turnover bowl. One team had three turnovers. The other team didn't. That team that had three turnovers lost the game, and Michigan State won the game by not turning the ball over. Big, gigantic chunk of of why this game wound up how it did. Yeah, and we we talked about it the whole time. It was quit turning the damn ball over, and one team did, one team didn't. I mean, one of the turnovers by by Harburg, it was kind yeah. of a, an arm, arm pot, essentially. Yep. So you, you can throw that one away and say it's okay, but the other ones are not. It's not no. that situation. And it's just, oh, it's frustrating. Like, this is my lock of the week, Nebraska minus the points. And then I hear Malik Carr's out before the game. Like, okay, I feel even better now. And then Michigan State just comes out and looks better than what they had in previous games without Malik Carr. Yep. And, I mean, shout out Caden Hauser. The stat line isn't anything elite, nope. but – he was keeping plays alive with his legs. He was just keeping the offense on schedule. That's what you do. We just yep. talked about it with Indiana. Stay on schedule, stay in the fight, and don't make mistakes, and you win these games. It's exactly what the Spartans did. Absolutely. Something that is definitely worth bringing up. The refs were awful in this game. Uh, <laughs> Watch, rinse, repeat in the Big Ten. <laughs> yes, and, and and there there seems to be some crappy calls in every game. You know, like it's spread out. But then there seems to be one game that is just beyond awful. This game was the beyond awful game in my mind. Now, both teams had questionable calls. But I will be honest, I felt like the majority of the questionable calls went against Nebraska. The, the worst one, the most egregious one, was the no pass interference call late in the second half. That was that was. Bad. Well, I don't know. The touchdown was okay. Well, <laughs> that's that's how bad this is. Is there's two or three that are up for debate. I did not <laughs> think. I did not think that was going to be upheld as a touchdown catch. Yeah, <clears> we're yeah. talking about the <clears throat> Monterey Foster. Um, they went with the, you know, the. I don't. They didn't say the play is confirmed. They just said they the just said stands, stands yeah. which you know is always a, a, a you know a verbal cue to what they think. I don't know, you know, like I, I, I don't think that was a catch. Um, but what there, I don't know if there's like actual like X's and or or like they go to the rule book on what it takes to overturn, you know, a a, a catch. I, I well, don't know I think that I mean. everybody, everybody's always said that like the process of a catch is so subjective, and it's like I hate that. How can a catch be subjective? Either you caught it or you didn't, right? I don't understand I, the subjectiveness to a catch. Because I, I heard it in another game, and I don't remember what game it was, but somebody even made that exact comment. I'm like, right. that doesn't make sense to me. A catch is a catch or it's not. Like It should be me, you, Kurt, Dustin, my brother, just sitting in a bar drinking beer, and they show us the clip, and we all press yes or no. That's it. Yeah. And be done with sure. it. That's what it should be. <laughs> this, I don't know. Maybe that's what they think they're doing, but that's what I think. Um that could be the new Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. You know, that's good. That, that could that be. Would, that's a that would be a great Buffalo. Wild Maybe Wings we need commercial. to send a pitch there for the guys that's on good. 
Um, and by the way, it wasn't a that wasn't a fumble at the end of the game too. That should have been an incomplete throw, and and I don't think it would have made any difference on that one. I don't think Nebraska was throwing the ball down the field to to win that game. But their their kicker has got a leg. You know, Tristan Alvano's got a leg. All they need to do is get into field goal range. So. Nebraska fans, we're giving you your, you know, your pound of flesh there with that because I want to call it how I see it. Um, team rushing for the Spartans, not good. 31 carries, 63 yards, only a two-yard average. Um, Sam Lovett comes in, throws the touch. I mean, that's twice now. He's come in at the end of the game and made a splash play. Um, but the defense, seven sacks, 12 tackles for a loss for this Michigan State defense. That is dominating a Nebraska offensive line that is down dudes, right? It's it's on backups oh, on bang, backups. That's an, right that's an understatement. They are banged up. They are banged up on offense. And another thing I want to give a shout out to to Scotty Hazelton. The I would I think it's fair to say much embattled Scotty Hazelton at times. But this Michigan State defense is not bad. Okay. Like this has been the more stable of the two units, at least. And the one thing I would give him the most credit for is those option passes where Harburg looks like he's going to. Uh, they blew the those up almost every time. They knew they saw him. They saw him coming. They had those scouted out well. Almost like they had the signs. They. <laughs> Maybe there were signs that that play was going to happen on, you know, down in distance would be my guess. But um, fun with words there from Jordan. But, you know, that that was a huge part. And then at some point it puts it back on the Nebraska offense to move the ball. They're obviously struggling if you, if they can't run the ball with stuff. With that being said, team rushing, 41 carries, 148 yards, 3.6 yard average. Emmett Johnson, freshman Emmett Johnson, 13 carries, 57 yards and a touchdown. 4.4 yard average. So like the running backs did well. Heinrich Harburg, I think he is the the I think he prop well, it's either him and Hudson Card who leads the Big Ten in bumps and bruises this year, but you can tell he's getting worn down a little bit. Uh, but three sacks and TFLs and three tackles for loss for the Nebraska defense. I mean, this was mostly the game I was expecting. It just was the opposite team that that won it. So shout out for Michigan State senior day going out on a win. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what else you say about it. Nebraska take away the turnovers and you probably win this game. I yep. mean probably we talked about it in the preview and it's it, it was played out exactly like that. We both said this game was gonna be close. I we both thought this game would be close. It's just the turnovers were the deciding factor, exactly like they we said it was yep. gonna be. If you can't predict them, is I think what you're no. saying is you just can't predict the turnovers. With the well, way you can, you can predict they're gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, just find out <laughs> I'm by damn it. sure put a prop bet on that. Yes, <laughs> yes. With the win, Sparty moves to three and six and one and five in Big Ten play. With the loss, the Huskers fall to five and four, three and three in Big Ten play. So bull eligibility still avoids them for now. But I That'd think within I think within the next three games, are I still think they're gonna get there. But I, what I keep thinking about is at the end of the last game uh, versus uh, Purdue, um, somebody said, hey, coach, just one more, meaning we just want one more game to get to bowl eligibility. And Rule, rightfully so, kind of clapped back at that fan saying, hey, now, we've got bigger things on our plate than just getting to bowl eligibility. So I support Rule's talking about that. However, Matt Rule has not been through the pain of – that Nebraska fans have gone, yeah. right? They haven't been to a bowl since 2016, I believe, is what it is. I think I was wrong on the last podcast. What I'm saying is fans' voice and feelings does play into this. Like, they're both right, is what I'm saying. Like, Nebraska fans are like, geez, let's just get to a bowl. I still think they're going to get there, but anyways. 
The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company, our unique process. Take the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics for the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall and game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. I did uh, break out of the the funk and had a couple of Amadors from my Amador. Get back on the wagon. I like it. It was good. I had a couple old fashions, but the best thing that I ingested, I, I made some pretty killer burgers on Friday night. So I, I, I made a burger in the afternoon after the, the Iowa game was over, cracked it, fried an egg, cracked an egg, put it on the, the burger. Oh, man. Don't I care don't anybody says it just works. Oh, man, does that work good? All right, moving into the afternoon. Penn State 51, Maryland 15. The Nittany Lions with 404 yards of total offense to the Terps, 234. Four turnovers for the Maryland Terrapins to zero for Penn State. Uh, Jordan, put you on put you on uh, spotlight here. You you asked me going into the afternoon, was there any games that I liked? I said, I really like Penn State, negative eight and a half. In fact, I said I, I was thinking about teasing that up to 13 and a half to make myself more. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But did you take my advice on this one? Unfortunately, I did not play it. Too bad. Too I bad. Should, but... I should have, and I, my, my overall results would have benefited greatly Helps. from it, but I did not. Boy, this was a whooping here. Um, I like. I mean, I I flirted with this being my Amador lock of the week. By the way, the Hoosiers hit for me. Uh, but um, th- 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 this is two teams going in two opposite directions, right? I mean, Penn State. It's not like they're a, necessarily ascending. They just have looked the same, you know, for the for the most part all year. Whereas Maryland. I mean, we are talking about a meteoric style dive down to the earth. Five wins to start the year, four in a row now that they've lost. And it, it's not looking much easier, you know, for them to get to, to bull eligibility here. Oof. Uh, this this was a whooping, right? The, in this quote-unquote regional rivalry, the, there, there was one team ready to play this game. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I turned this game off pretty quick. Yep. Um we knew what was going on and here. Penn State essentially, Penn State essentially took control of this game, held control of this game, and it was kind of like the bigger, older bully just kind of had his head on the head, his hand on the head of the little guy, and he was yep. just swinging, and he wasn't landing any punches. There no. was just, it didn't seem like anything Maryland wanted to do would work, and everything Penn State wanted to do, they could do. I mean, there's no if you look at the Penn State box score, there's no eye popping stats that are like, oh wow, look at this, this is why it happened. It's literally just every single person on the team did their job and owned the game, and yep. they controlled it the whole way. I mean, you, Aller didn't make mistakes through four touchdowns. None of the running backs really went crazy, but they made good plays, made yep. good runs. The defense yep. was nasty. Nasty. I mean, it was just a, yeah. one you, team was really good. The other team wasn't. You're using the brother analogy. So I'm the youngest of three brothers, right? And we're all old men now. But we're actually, interesting enough, all four years apart, right? So I'm the youngest. I've got a brother four years older than me. And my middle brother's got a four year brother four years older than him, eight years older than me. And at each stage of my middle brother in my life, there was a part where you, you're getting to be like a sophomore. You're filling out. And you're like, you know what? It's time to, I'm, I'm going to take a shot at that brother that's close to me. <laughs> But that older brother is still bigger, faster, and stronger and kicks the kicks some ass. That happened both to brothers. That that's what this game reminded me of. Where Penn State's just like, okay, you're you're gonna do it, you're gonna bring the fight. Okay, boom, done. And and knockout punch and and that's it. 
we we joked before on the surprising rushing stat. Probably, maybe could be Rutgers. How about this for a rushing stat? Team rushing for Maryland. 16 carries for negative 49 yards. That is a negative 3.1 yard average. Congratulations, Eyes on Big listeners. You had more rushing yards than the Maryland Terrapins did yesterday. Now, Dave, I know Dave, some hold on. For Dave say... Resnan, hold on. Okay. For Dave Resnan, fewest for any Big Ten team in conference game this century. That they 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 went back as far as they could. They they can't find anything worse than that. Now I know some people will say, well, yeah, but the, that included sacks, but but <laughs> it was still negative two yards of true rushing. True, Take true the rushing. sack adjusted, it was negative two. So that we still it was that good. as listeners had, yes. had more rushing yards than what the Maryland Terrapins did. And and by the way, I mean having quarterback sacks in with the rushing is stupid. It's something that should change yes, uh, I, along that's along. Why I, that's why I had to throw it in there because I it's don't good agree that, you with that I think there should be a sack adjusted number on everything. But you actually right. have to go look for it, which is dumb. Which is, which is stupid. But Billy Edwards was their leading rusher. One carry, four yards on yep. the day. That's that that is a bad day. I mean, Leah was all things considered pretty good. And I keep having the same thoughts here. He can't win the big game, but what would they be without Leah? So I have those two thoughts are in there twice. You know, like they're 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 always in there with me. Um, Ty Felton, another good day too. But in the end, I mean, Drew Allerfort, like you said, four touchdowns, doesn't make the mistakes. Dante Cephas came alive. That's something that could be big going into next weekend's game. Uh, and not only were the rushing stats or the uh, rushing stats that they held Maryland to impressive, six sacks and 12 TFLs. I mean, if you're going to have negative rushing yards like that, obviously the TFLs are going to be there. And they were. Long story short, Penn State came, they whooped butt, and that's that's the story of this game. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of like no. analysis that I can give you here. I mean, it's essentially what it right. was. Yeah, you, sorry just to cheat you. Hope, you just have to hope if you're Maryland. I mean, you have at Nebraska, Michigan, at Rutgers. You got to get one. You got to get one. Otherwise, I mean, this is one of the biggest collapses we've ever seen. Yes. And those aren't easy. Yeah, this, this like will be... Quote easier games are on the yeah. road, and that's at Nebraska, which is a hostile environment. And we just saw what Rutgers did with Ohio State, they kept them on the ropes the whole time. Yep. So, you don't have a walk in bowl game here, you're gonna have to go earn it. If, if uh, Maryland, I'm not saying they're going to, but if Maryland starts five, a dominant five and oh, and fails to reach a bowl, this will officially be the Greg Norman season for the Maryland Terrapins to not be able to, to be. hold on. It has to be. With the win, Penn State moves to eight and one overall, five and one in Big Ten play. With the loss, Maryland drops to five and four and two and four in Big Ten play. Sticking in the afternoon, probably the game of the day. Oh, Illinois, it was. It yeah, was. I think so. Illinois twenty-seven, Minnesota twenty-six. The Fighting Illini with three hundred seventy-one yards of total offense to the Gophers two hundred and sixty. Uh, the quick reset of this game was that it was a fun, crazy back and forth. Uh, all first half, right? Um, this was played at the same time as the Iowa Northwestern game. Uh, my joke was, what's going on here in Minneapolis? This isn't Big Ten West football, right? I mean, <laughs> both teams going back and forth. Never thought that there wasn't a chance for the team that had the ball to score. Like, you felt like they could move the ball all, all first half. Minnesota had a six-point lead going into halftime. But then Johnny Newton came back out of a BS suspension, and boy, did that game change. My question that I had for Kurt is, 
did it change just because Johnny Newton was back? Or did it change because Minnesota knew that Johnny Newton was coming back? So they were more aggressive calling plays in the first half, knowing that we got to get points on the board while that dude's not out there. Maybe it's a combination of the both. I don't know. Um, But Minnesota had the lead, you know, most of this second half. And with a minute or so to go, this shit was over, right? I mean, Minnesota was, I bet, I didn't look it up, but I bet on the ESPN app, you know, game cast thing, there were probably 98.8% chance. win expectancy or whatever. win expectancy to win this game. And if you didn't see it, if you listen to this podcast, it was like third and, I don't know, 14. There was a fumble. And then uh, Lukey Legs gets knocked out of the game. And then Illinois fighting Illini legacy, John Paddock comes into the game, throws a dart for a first down to keep the late drive alive. Another couple plays. And then the inexcusable happens if you're a Gopher fan. You can't let any receiver get behind you. And you know the one receiver you definitely don't let get you behind you. It's Isaiah Williams, Juice Point Maybe Maybe the best one on the team. Like, maybe we keep him in front. I mean, going back to, like, when you played peewee football, the rule was always you're deeper than the deepest. Like, you don't let a guy over your head. And it's just mind-blowing to me. I'm going to shout out our buddy Big Kurt here. He shared this in the group chat from the Field Pass John Paddock sets the record for the highest <laughs> PFF grade ever recorded, 99.9 oh, on the PFF grade. Hey, sample size be damned. That's a record that he can take with him forever. Hey, man, you can only play the plays you play, right? Exactly. So you he got was, it. He was there. So then Juice.0 gets the game-winning touchdown. I thought I had it written down for the yardage on that. Was it 42 yards? I can't remember now. Um the 46-yard touchdown pass. Uh, and the thing is, like I told Kurt, because – Kurt was jacked. You know, we talked after our games were over. And I said, dude, the second that left his fingertips, I knew it was a touch. You could see it. You could just see it yeah, develop. You can, and you're like, oh, no. It. And then you go to the other side. I've got a ton of gopher buddies, right? Up here. I live in Minnesota. We, we've we met a ton through the podcast that are DMing me and texting me like, how does this keep happening? I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, you cannot throw out. The, the previous 98% of the plays that are happening in this game, these games, right? And what I'm doing is also kind of comparing this to Northwestern because Minnesota invented ways to lose to both Northwestern and Illinois. Th- those should be wins. So like at the different same, ways, <laughs> right? And they were, they were a little bit different. I mean, they came in the throw game, but the point I'm trying to make is like, you, you can't throw all of the good of PJ Fleck out just because of, this very, you know, uh, uh, exact bad, which is these late, and I'm not just talking late game, late, late, late game collapses. And and I don't play, I don't mean to play the coulda, shoulda, woulda, but like if they win both of those games, they were in the driver's seat to get to Indianapolis Control. right yeah. now. It's crazy, man. I mean, you have to point to the health a little bit with, with the Gophers. I mean, obviously, I mean, Jordan Newbin got 19 carries and 75 yards. Zach Evans only had eight carries. So, yeah. obviously, they're banged up and they want to run the ball. We know that. But that you, that can't be the excuse for why you're collapsing like this late in the games because it's happening on the defense. Correct. Which has been something that you felt like you could trust throughout the year. But now we've seen two separate occasions where – Yep. Inexcusable mistakes are happening. You wonder if somebody's head rolls for it eventually. 
but go for fans like Joe Rossi. You know, like it's a defensive coordinator. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be pissed that it's happening. I mean, and want the guy to stay because he's quote unquote doing a good job because somebody's got to be to blame for it. True, but you got to find somebody better if it's not Joe Rossi. I mean, to me, I want Joe Rossi, but a tweak at the end of the the, the game. You know, maybe it's the secondary coach. I. You know, a new secondary coach. I don't know. It is the craziest thing uh, um, to point out. Another thing with Minnesota fans, because I'll for, I'll forget to say it at the end. Jordan and I were talking just for a little bit before we recorded. I think Minnesota has wrapped up the roller coaster fan base of the year award. I mean, beat Nebraska in, in a game winning fifty yard field goal to start, high as could be, destroyed by uh, uh, North Carolina. Low North Carolina, yeah. Win some games. Get back on the field good. Winning three quarters of the game versus Northwestern, drop that game as low as low can be. Turn around. Get the right. You you thought. Turn around. Get the pig back down in Iowa City for the first time in 20 some years. High as high can be. Beat Michigan State. Now lose at home versus Illinois on a proverbial game win. uh, uh, Hail Mary pass. It's a roller coaster, and right now, Minnesota fans. Here's what I would say: is if you w- if you leave on a high, which is beat Wisconsin, get to a bowl game, win your bowl, okay? Because I predicted six and six for Minnesota. I predicted this to be a transitional year, which is, I think, a lot of what you're you're seeing. Maybe, and by the way, you could still get to Indianapolis, so like it's still on the board, but. At the same time, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. But I'm trying. I'm trying to live through the eyes of a, of a Minnesota sports fan. And I got to tell you, it's, it's terrifying. That's a hell I don't want to live. I'll be honest with you right now. I really don't. You just, at this point, if you're a Minnesota fan, you have to look at your remaining schedule and say, okay, we got three games left. Yes. Two of them are extremely winnable. Winnable. You win those two games, you're seven and five, you go to a bowl game and you have something to build for, for the future year. And who knows if the big 10 West falls, they could to get you still with a seven and five Andy. record. It's possible. We it, don't it, know it's possible happens. to get to Andy. Yep. Uh, if this to, week tells us anything, the Big Ten West will be completely unpredictable the rest of the year. I, it, I've been saying it. It's going to come down to the last weekend. Nothing I've seen that hasn't uh, shown that. Uh, by the way, Illinois, Lukey Legs, 24 of 31 for 212 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. It wasn't like Lukey Legs uh, wasn't playing well. Now, the interesting thing is I thought Luke's legs would play into this. It did not. He did not run the ball at all. It was him throwing the ball. Shout out to freshman Caden Fegan, 22 carries. 89 yards. That's a 4.0 yard average. But the biggest thing: three catches, 59 yards. That's a, with a 54 yard touchdown. He just got the ball and just ran. Man, yeah. um, he's this kid's turning into a good beetle, another good beetle back. That's shocking, right? Absolutely. And like Kurt pointed out, you know, this guy was a four star recruit. It's not like he was chopped liver. It shouldn't be that big of a surprise. But still, whenever you have a freshman making this big of an impact, but I, I would say. He's a big chunk of Illinois fans still having something to fight and watch for this year because Illinois is still in it too. They're a long shot for Indy, but they're they're not completely out of it, I, I, I don't think, or at least mathematically. But in the end, man, uh, Illinois fans are still fighting. Minnesota fans are still fighting. It was a crazy Big Ten West game. Made if we we should probably rank Big Ten West games. At the end of the year, the most Westy games of the year, man. The most big West game of the year. Oh boy, this is in the running, but it's a it's a tough one. With the win, Illinois moves to four and five, two and four in the Big Ten. With the loss, Minnesota Minnesota falls to five and four, three and three in the Big Ten. Saving one game in the afternoon, moving into the evening for our only night game. 
Michigan, 41. Purdue, 13. The Wolverines with 445 yards of total offense to the Boilermakers, 269 per Dave Resnan. Michigan, 9-0 with all nine wins by at least 24 points. First time doing that since 04. 1904. So this is a historic situation. All this is good. Uh, lots of good things to talk about in Michigan. Uh, quick side note, though, uh, Jordan and I are both pissed because that late, dirty, dirty backdoor cover from Purdue cost us both some well fought for shekels. Oh my god! And 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 if people saw it, I mean, this game was over. It was would have been forty-one to six. By the way, I predicted I think forty-three to six. For the game. So I was dang near on, you know, like nailed this game fourth and three, something like that, with about 40 seconds to go. Was that what it was? Something in like field that. goal range, which in I field- needed the field goal for the over, which would have, hey, Ryan Walters, kick a sad field goal. I'm taking it. I yeah. need that. And then yep. he does that. So I hit the over that I wanted, but I lose the, the spread, which was, there was more, there was more on that, that end of it. So gotcha. Um, and the thing was, is I knew they were going to throw it towards the end zone. What, what else? What else you got? To, you don't kick the sad field goal. You've already got a sad six points on the board. There's, there's no reason. You just try to have a feel good play at the end of the game, and they freaking hit it, man. Ugh. Anyways, okay. The, the game. There, there, there's a football game other than just the gambling outcome to this. Uh, Michigan kicked their ass. I mean, it was what we thought. Signals or not, I don't give a shit. Like that Purdue offensive line was just absolutely. Overmatched. I mean, this was essentially the football contest we expected. Yeah, I mean, we 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 had the over under on sacks for Michigan, but you got Hudson Card did one good thing was he got rid of the ball before he could get yes. sacks. So yes. there was, I mean, uh, Blackwoods kept talking about how he was dancing back there in happy feet. Well, he had to. I mean, this Michigan defensive line was in the backfield all game long. Um, but you know, Purdue. This, this game started out. Michigan came out right away, seventeen nothing, right out of the block. And you thought, okay, this is going to get steamrolled. Right but then Purdue, yep. Yep. They, they, Purdue kind of plucked up a little bit. Walters had some good scheming on defense that made it a little difficult. But then eventually the floodgates did open back up. But the Purdue team fought for a little bit, and they got some decent stuff in the running game for a short amount of time. I I, I want to give Purdue credit for plucking up. Okay, That's a great way of putting it. I, I would also say, I don't know what Michigan was doing there for a while. Um, it's we were like, talking about it. Yeah, it's like they do in-game practicing. Honestly, is is part like they they're just like let's work. There's on a theory. There's stuff. a theory amongst some Michigan people okay. that that's actually what's happening. And maybe they're saving some stuff, right? They got they got two big games left, right? Uh, to to go. Through. So I, I understand some of that, um, but you know it bores out some of the stats not being fantastic. Team rushing thirty four carries, one hundred and ten yards. It's only a three point two yard average. Blake Corum forty four yards and three touchdowns, but only at a two point nine yard average you know what i mean and and the one thing i would say is i do think there's some truth to that uh where they where in the third quarter or maybe it was like late third quarter fourth quarter they're like all right let's just get the ball to the outside and they just ran away with it like so it's that supports the theory however jj was good but well he was pretty good right he was off like there was open plays that he just was missing guys and it's his feet. Like I, I know quarterback coaches say that, and people's people roll their eyes. But would you agree? There's times where he just doesn't get his feet set, and he just tries to kind of do circus throws. And I don't know. It's that. It's that his well, game. he has he has that gunslinger mindset in him, so he's always trying to make the big play and find the home run play. But I mean, I sent you this 
earlier this morning too. When when twenty four for thirty seven for three hundred and thirty five yards and a QB rating of one hundred and forty is just considered meh by JJ McCarthy. I, I, think I we're agree. in a pretty damn good spot. That is that is true. Shout out by the way to James Franklin who after the game talked about how fans and people are still ripping him apart, and he's kind of like you know it's tough to win games and and people get to you know, emotional and expect too much. So I would say that same thing to the, to the JJ stats. I mean, there's still pretty good stats. Don't get me wrong, but anyways, long story short, Michigan was in control of this whole game. They were obviously the better team. It was interesting in the middle where they were just kind of playing with their food a little bit. Yeah. Purdue, um, Purdue's ends were crashing down on the running game. And a lot of teams have done that. They've crashed down on any kind of inside run. If, if Michigan runs one zone read and JJ keeps, Gone. It changes all of it. Yeah. And I guarantee you'll see that next week. It's just and one just, of those things where the, he's he's got that he, crazy mindset where he won't go down. We've talked about him taking shots, so they're not going to put him in harm's way unless they have to. I, it makes sense. You'll obviously have to. So No, I, I, I mean, I know you're looking at this through, through you know, Michigan colored glasses, but I do agree with you. Um, kind well, of surprising. That's why I texted you and asked you, like, am I the only one like nope. not seeing? Like, I saw it. Am I seeing this right? These ends are just diving down and stopping the run. We keep one, and that's where that end around. I mean, Michigan ran that yes. motion, and 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 he was literally untouched. Like they didn't even know he had the ball. It's like because they're crashing on the inside run every yep. single time. Yep, hundred hundred percent with you there. I'm surprised only one sack and and uh, three TFLs in the game by Michigan's defense for how it looked. But obviously, like you said, the game plan was for dude to just get the ball out, you know, make quick decisions. Um, three sacks and five TFLs for Purdue's defense and 125 yards rushing for Purdue's offense. That's surprising. By the way, I'm going to say an awful thing to Purdue fans right now. Well, I'm, I'm going to say a really good thing and then a potentially awful thing. Deion Burks is amazing. Like that guy is a talented wide receiver. If I'm a Purdue fan, I'm nervous you can hold on to that guy. That is a Deion Coleman type of deal um where somebody's going to get to that guy in the nil in the offseason so that's this is the era we're in this is where my brain goes sometimes with this i hope i'm wrong but it's, it's you have to that, think i mean it has to be something you think about when you look yep. at these teams you have to uh by the way blake corman is three touchdowns tied for second all time michigan rushing touchdowns or total touchdowns or both whatever all, all time rushing touchdowns all-time. he ties tyrone wheatley he's still eight behind anthony thomas that's been the thing all year. They want to try to get him that record. So he's got to get eight more in four games. Tough task to get with some of the games that you're looking at. But but it's in it's in the definitely in the realm of possibility. With the win, Michigan moves right. to nine and oh, six and oh in Big Ten play with the loss. Purdue drops to two and seven and one and five. Interesting enough, the only team right now in the Big Ten that is no longer bowl eligible. Interesting. Huh. I'm gonna talk on that a little bit more at the end. All right. And that brings us to the Big Ten game of the week a game that went exactly that's <laughs> advertised iowa 10 northwestern 7 the hawks with 169 yards of total offense oh man how many did northwestern have one more <laughs> they had 170 yards of total offense and i swear jordan it didn't feel like these teams had that many yards of offense in this game for iowa first team this year shocking to win a game with less than 200 yards of total offense of course it's iowa that's all of division one football by the way how did it and how did the game go down uh no points that halftime uh, and zero zero at half and you know my my text thread that i have with brothers cousins and good friends were like the 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 halftime game total was 14 and a half and we're like, how are we 
getting to over 14 points in this game. Well, how we got there was one decent drive by Iowa that scored a touchdown. They're up 7-0, followed by another drive by Northwestern. Incredible goal line stand by Iowa's defense. Northwestern does get the ball back. Another decent drive. Gets into the end zone. 7-7. Late score. The game's over, right? Oh, my gosh. Iowa does something incredible. They threw the ball down the field for, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, 23 yards. Jordan, that 23-yard pass play felt like a 80-yard bomb to Iowa fans. And it was shocking. All of a sudden, you're like, OMG, <laughs> we're in field goal range. We we might have a chance to win this game. And that's exactly what happens. How does the game end? It ends with a uh, walk-off three-run shot <laughs> by Iowa kicker. Ode to the baseball stadium that you yep. played in. I, I like it. Yeah, by Iowa kicker Drew Stevens. They win the game. 10 to 7. Um, so there you go. Uh pretty entertaining game to be I, I mean, I, you know, but at the same, same time, it's sometimes things can be painful and agoni- uh, agonizing and, and enjoyable at the same time. I guess this one kind of counts. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point in the Big Ten conference and the Big Ten West in particular, you just have to look at these Iowa games and understand what you're getting themselves in, what you're getting yourself into. And Iowa is 100% okay with this. They've been okay with this. And they're, I mean, I, you can tell you're leaning into it. Your social media interactions leaned into it a little bit more. I mean, you're winning games. You're seven and two. It doesn't matter how you're winning the game. It doesn't matter what the final score is that you can have 94 points or 10 points. It doesn't matter. They're winning games. Their defense is still damn good. And you made a play when you had to make a play to get the, to get the win. Yeah. Um, we're accepting it because we, we have to. We don't. We do not have a choice because nothing is coming to save this pass offense. Is it that um, meme where you're saying every I'm fine? Yeah, and it's fine. Everything's fine, but the house is burning in the background Around, behind yes. you. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Um, I mean, as long as they keep winning, the the the, the chuckles will keep happening from Iowa fans. Um, but somebody, somebody on Twitter, if you haven't seen it, you got to find it. But they set this game to black and white with like oh, silent movie that. music. That is, that is it's great. It's awesome i mean you know because it's in wrigley helps too yes it it does like being in wrigley makes it even better i i i uh ben stevens put out the most points scored or you know most scoring that's happened in wrigley where there was four i believe three or four baseball games that had more total runs than this game did uh uh points though that's that's an incredible one Another thing to to point out, we'll get to the 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 or the the game here in a little bit. But this is what made it the game of the week was all of this stuff, right? So, like, if you came for the struggle at the offense and the setting and everything, I feel like you got your payoff with it. Another thing uh, uh, that we got right on the last podcast, Jordan talked about how rough baseball turf holds up in a football game. We had that here. At there was literally point, a pothole. It was a pothole. <laughs> A small player could get lost in there. <laughs> that was crazy. And it said, was right by the goal line, wasn't it? Yeah, because because of the goal line stand and them digging in and going for it. Um, I joked on Twitter that they should bury the game ball there as a symbol of what this of what this <laughs> football like game Jimmy represented. Hoffa, the Jimmy Hoffa rumor. Somebody's gonna trip over that and Jeez. like and what I think what happens with these baseball fields is it's like putting a like a standard sedan tire on a heavy duty pickup truck right it's still kind of the same thing but 
when these big guys get going, the, these fields just can't hold up. It was a it was a moment in the game, like you were wondering if it was going to make an effect. Anyways, um, Iowa with one turnover in this game, Northwestern zero. I knew Northwestern would do the game plan they did, which is protect themselves, don't put the, the ball in harm's way. Because of that, they were in this game the whole time. But 41 carries, 89 yards, just a 2.2-yard average. Uh, but hardly any sacks because they were just getting rid of the ball really quick. Uh, Brandon Sullivan, 12 of 19, 81 yards, uh, one touchdown, no pick. That touchdown going to Cam Johnson, uh, two sacks, four TFLs for Northwestern. Iowa's defense, five sacks, eight TFLs in this game. Um, I think Northwestern had 22 yards of total offense at halftime. I mean, Iowa's defense absolutely came to play. I don't know. Uh, Deacon, die on that hill. All right. 10 of 15, 65 yards, one touchdown and a pick. The touchdown going to tight end, of course, Addison Estrenja. But yeah, Caleb Brown makes the big play. LeSean, LeSean Williams does enough in front of his home family and, and friends to to uh, 79 yards uh, to kind of control, help control the game. But like, there's just no... I hate ripping on individual players, but it's just shocking that this is the best guy that we can have out there to play quarterback. Um, right now, the thing that concerns me the most is the pocket awareness, as in he has none. Um, I don't know how he didn't turn the ball over more because he he almost had a where he's trying to throw the ball away. That could have got picked. Um, he's getting sacked and fumbling the ball. I, I, at least take care of the ball, <laughs> you know. I don't know, but I do want to give him a shout out. He made the big play. At the end of the game, and you got to give credit to a guy sticking in there, I guess. So I'm I'm looking at the box score too right now, and I see Cooper DeGene one carry for eight yeah. yards. Yep. Hey, yep, the wild, the got wild coop, the wild coop in there. Yep. Maybe I they'll go it. to it a little bit more. Dubbed it the wild coop two three weeks ago. One play, nine yard carry. Good, good play, explosive play for Iowa. Never yeah. got back. Never got back in the game. The rest of the game. Oh, I don't know. You can't. You can't, you can't. You can't. You can't empty the cookie jar all in one week. Yeah. <laughs> can can I have more than a morsel of cookie? Can I have a whole cookie? Anyways, uh times are tough to, in this day and age. Yeah. Know? Love it or leave it. With the win, Iowa moves to seven and two overall, four and two in the Big Ten, which puts them firmly in first place with the loss. The Wildcats drop to four and five and two and four. Not technically out of the Big Ten west race and definitely not out of it to make a bowl game which is incredible all right let's jump to the week 10 eisman take it away jordan yeah we got quite a list of just notable candidates to bring up here so we're going to run through them kind of quick drew aller obviously anytime you got four touchdowns got a hit on it 25 34 240 yards four touchdowns the penn state front seven in general just wreaked havoc on that maryland team and obviously negative two rushing yards 49 total Got to get a mention there. Travion Henderson, again, 200 all-purpose yards. The big one, the big ones in my eyes were the 80 yards receiving. Uh, Jay Higgins from Iowa, 12 tackles, two TFLs, sack. Dude's just a tackling machine. Makes a bunch of tackles. Um, our favorite, Kyle the Fun Guy, my guy. Can I get another mention? 24 carries, 159 yards, just a workhorse. Caden uh, Fegan, we talked about. Just the freshman phenom for Illinois. 22 carries, 89 yards, three catches, 59. The big one, the 54-yarder. Kids really turned into be a stud. Then there was a there was a debate amongst yeah. who the Eisman winner was going to be. If we were going to do an offensive defensive, we could do that. But we could you want to do that? We can shift on the fly. We can have a duel. We can do it because I think these guys both deserve it. Because okay. both of these performances were the reason their team won this game. I'm fine so, with it. 
I'll give the defensive Eisman for the week is Aaron Casey from Indiana. Seven tackles, four TFLs, two sacks. It was more than that stat. It was. It was. The dude was everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, I think Badgers are still having nightmares about him right now. And then our offensive Eisman, I think, is no surprise. Isaiah Williams from Illinois. 13 catches, 131 yards, two touchdowns, no bigger than the one where somehow he's running completely wide open behind everybody and seals that game for the Illini and keeps Beetle undefeated versus the Gophers. Unbelievable. And the, the shot of Beetle after that game in his big orange quarter zip, and somebody compared it to him looking like the Syracuse orange mascot. Phenomenal. That was I mean, this- great. College football. Great Saturdays. use of social media there. <laughs> as bad as social media is for humanity, let's be honest with you. I still love it on college football Saturdays when you're having a good day. It's just every time you refresh, there's something funny getting thrown out there. And yesterday was not only not an exception, it was it was it was a great day. All right, that brings us into my week 10 uh Big Ten power rankings. Got these out with plenty of game left to play in the Michigan Purdue game. I felt like we had enough there. So nothing's changed at the top. One, two, three, Michigan, number one, Ohio State, number two, Penn State, number three. The only line of demarcation we have is right there. And then teams four through 14 are all in one. I have now dubbed it the big rest, as in the big rest of the Big Ten, which obviously is a play on to the Big West, because basically all of these are quote unquote Big West teams. So Maryland, Michigan State. Kind of, I would put Rutgers in there too. Your your Rutgers might be the closest team to climbing out of it. They might be the closest to climbing out of that that category, but they're still they're still in there. But yet, the three games they've lost are because of pick sixes. Is there any (laughs) more of a big one stat than that? Right? I mean, never mind. I completely recant my statement. (laughs) I got Iowa four, Rutgers five. All right, so they both move up spots to get to there. Minnesota's at six. They they drop down two spots. Nebraska at seven. They're down two spots, but like Nebraska's still dangerous, right? Wisconsin at eight. They didn't change even in the loss. Why, folks? I don't know who to put in front of them. Illinois at nine. They beat Illinois head to head. I can't put Illinois in front of them. I think they got and Wisconsin's got a better record. Maryland doesn't change. They get absolutely drilled at home, still staying at number 10. Why? Because I can't put anybody. In front of them, Indiana moves up, right? I give them a, a move up. They're at 11. Uh, Northwestern at 12. Michigan State moves up one spot at 13, and Purdue takes their spot at the bottom at 14. Anything you want to pull up, tear apart with what I got for rankings there? No, I, I really think this is like exactly on. I mean, you argue Iowa Rutgers, but Iowa's got the better record, so that makes sense. Now, the one thing I would add is that I don't know if this means anything to anybody, but – Four through 14, okay? The only team that maybe is is bad... Okay, the, the two teams that could be on the bottom by themselves are Michigan State and Purdue, okay? The, they, they could be considered bad teams, but I got to tell you, there isn't a bad, bad team in the Big Ten. So, like, everybody makes fun of, you know, the lack of depth. I would also throw out the parity and funness of teams th- four through 14, Purdue's only team that isn't bowl eligible, and we're late in November. I don't think that's a nothing burger. No, I agree with you. The fact that there's 13 teams that can still mathematically make a bowl, obviously we know they won't because it won't work that way. But the fact that they are still mathematically possible says everything you need to say about this conference. Agreed. It's not top. I mean, there's there's the top three, which are what it's they top are. Heavy. Yeah, everybody else. Yes, but everybody else can beat anybody on any given day. Yes, and, and 
Iowa and Rutgers do have winning records, you know, like Iowa is seven and two Rutgers is six and three. So I do get a little bit puffy chesty when people are putting Iowa in the same boat as a Purdue, like, come on now, you know, seven and two and two and seven. There's a difference there. Right. I mean, so like something has to be said for winning games. It doesn't matter yes. how you're winning, you're winning games. Thank you. Like, that's the one thing I would throw out there. Like there is a difference between these teams, but at the same time, I would, I would also, you know, talking out of two sides of my mouth, when team fourth plays team 14, it's not like you're extremely confident that that team's going to oh, no. win. That's, oh, no. that's just how the Big Ten is this year. And and on the East, we have a three-team big dog race. In the West, we have a four-five-team muck-it-up fist fight. What, whatever you want, whatever you want for football, we got it here in the Big Ten Conference. That's what I would say. I completely agree with that statement. And the Big Ten East... The round robin part two starts next week. So. Yeah, we're going to okay. do game of the week poll, folks. We do it every week. I'm going to put four teams out there. We already know <laughs> which game is going to win, but I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to I'm going to throw the poll out there anyways. Yeah, yeah. Let the people speak. Yeah, they love they love yelling. Like, what a joke. Of course, you know, I'm like, I, I know that I know that. But this is what we do anyways. All right, let's get out of here. You got anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. Ready for I, next week. I am Jeffrey Greek. I'm Jordan. Don't forget to ask Framador. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.